We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey Chargers fans, do you have thoughts poking you in the back of your head about what Anthony Lynn did last game? If you have a question or hot take about the Chargers that you'd like to tell us, you can send it in through the new Guilty as Charged mailbag. To get your question in, leave us a review including the question on the Apple Podcasts page for the show. We'll be checking the reviews regularly and answering them ASAP. You could ask me to clarify my opinion on Josh McDaniels for the 20th time. Or ask Steven which Utah Ute player he wants to overdraft in the second round. Tyler can even write you a soliloquy about Young Wei Koo and how he represents the Asian community if asked nicely. If you don't have Apple Podcasts because you're a loser and your friends make fun of you for having an Android like me, no big deal. You can also email the show through guiltyascharged at gmail.com or participate in the monthly Patreon Q&A. Give us your hot takes. The world is your oyster. Bolt up! Hey, Chargers fans, welcome into another episode of the Guiltiest Charge podcast. Tyler is unavailable tonight, so it's just me and Alex again. Alex, um, that was a, was a hectic, crazy game that really shouldn't have been that hectic or crazy, um, but we'll get to it. How are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Uh, I was, you know, the optimist in me was like, all right, the game will be over by 11 o'clock. I <laughs> podcast with Steven. I go to bed. Uh, it's midnight on the East Coast now, so... Yes. <laughs> that's uh that's just how it works whenever there's a night game but uh no i mean it was a fun and not fun game <laughs> in a lot of respects uh for for some of the players but uh i mean we'll get into all of it but uh i was just really you know i know people talk about draft position and all that but i was just really excited for herbert to finally get the win uh to put back together two 
on back-to-back game-winning drives. That was just really fun for him to to yell at the camera. Yeah, uh, I'm in. I mean, that was just such a fun moment. It really was, man. And Justin Herbert was, you could tell how much that win and getting across the end zone meant to him and making that throw to Jalen Guy. And it was just, it was just so much fun to watch him play. It's unfortunate that their coach does not also like to watch him play as much as the rest of us. But, you know, he continues to say that he needs to be a balanced offense, but it is what it is. We'll get to all of that. Um, I can't believe, like, you know, this game was just, you know, wire to wire. Defenses was were bad. Um, l- let's get to the bad first and then we'll end on the positives. I don't know if that sounds good to you, but let's do it anyway. Um, the biggest issue right now that Anthony Lynn is facing is that he always coaches to not lose. And that was on display after Chris Harris gets that amazing interception. His first interception of the season, shout out to strap. I thought that was a, a really clutch play. Uh, obviously he didn't play his best tonight and no one in the secondary really did. But, you know, he came up when it mattered most. And to play for the field goal in that instance, if you're a, a head coach of a four and nine team, that is just inexcusable to me. And, and really, if you're a nine and four team, I, I hate, hate that kind of decision making process. You know, Justin Herbert threw the ball one time in the fourth quarter. And, you know, we've talked about Michael Badgley and his issues all season long, and you can't call plays like that when you don't have a Justin Tucker or that kind of, you know, even Harrison Butker type of kicker. Like, I just hated, hated, hated the way that he was calling that game in the fourth quarter. I don't even know if you need a Justin Tucker, Harrison Butker kicker. You just need need a functional NFL kicker who doesn't have, like, the yips and this weird kicking motion. Like, yeah. And, and, and on the first one, I'll cut him a little bit of slack because it's like, all right, you know, the ball hit the ground and Ty Long had to get it back up uh, and, and all that kind of stuff. But the second one, I'm like, dude, it's an empty stadium. There's no fans. And, in a dome. This, in a dome. Same thing in New Orleans. Um, I, I keep bringing that back up every podcast, every time he misses a field goal. Like, I, I would understand, look, if there's, you know, 80,000 fans in the stadium and everyone's going crazy, like, Look, it, that's a high pressure situation. Yeah. But come on, man. It's been empty stadiums all year and, you know, n- n- no wind, nothing. And he still just, you know, can't get it. Uh, I, like, I don't, I, and I totally understand why they're keeping him at this point. It's too late, probably. Yeah, it's to make too late. It, yeah. But I'm, I'm just like, why wasn't this change made after like the New Orleans game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, when it comes to Badgley. Um, and so, like, I, I, I do think that Anthony Lynn should have gone for it on that. I mean, uh, the fourth and – it was fourth and three, I think, right, on that first field goal. Um, I think that he should have probably went there, didn't. Um, and then the second one, they lose eight yards on the Herbert sack, so they can't even go for it, and they have to throw Badgley out there. Um, so, yeah, just very weird play calling, and it's like, you know, we've been harping on like special teams is bad all year. Special teams is bad all year. Man, Justin Herbert, uh, not Justin Herbert, uh, Michael Badgley was bad this game. Like not special yeah. teams. Like let, yeah. let, let's not rope Ty Long and everyone else into this. Like right. it, this was on him today. And it's just really painful to see him, you know, continue to do this kind of stuff. Uh, and I just, I, the solution is cutting him. Like, I mean, whether it's, or I, maybe they'll allow him next back to com- next year to compete for his job. 
I just don't know how you can watch these, you know, performances by him where, you know, he's missing field goals in empty stadiums and think that, you know, once we do get fans back in stadiums next year, and once there is, you know, so are some outdoor games for him on the road that he's going to get any better. Like I, I just, I, I don't see, uh, I don't see it with him. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as he trademarked his stupid ass nickname, Money Badger, <laughs> like it just has gone downhill. And so he's three for eight in kicks from 50 yards plus in the NFL. And listen, I understand Justin Herbert probably shouldn't have taken that sack. You know, he probably should have thrown it away. You know, I understand that. But at the end of the day, it's a 51 yard kick. Like that's that in the NFL, like you have to be able to make those kind of kicks consistently. And, you know, for all their misses short, it, it's so frustrating because Josh Lambeau and Young Waku were like money from 50 yards out, but they sucked from 45 in. And now they flip flopped and Michael Badgey can't miss from 45 in. But from 50, he's like, I think uh, Daniel Popper said he's seven for 18 over the last two years from 50 plus, which is just. You can't win football games on a consistent basis with a kicker who can't hit field goals from 50 yards plus. And, you know, they nearly lost tonight, if not for, you know, Justin Herbert playing out of his mind. But, you know, he cost them the New Orleans game, like you already mentioned. Um, I want to say he missed like in Denver, right? Or something like that. Yeah. Um, his It's just been all over the place. And he's he seems like a really cool dude. Probably has a future in broadcasting. But, you know... <laughs> As a kicker, like he's he's got to go, and I agree. You know, two games left; it's probably too late. But Michael Badgley just like is a bad, bad kicker. He was tied for like twenty six in the league in field goal percentage entering today's game, and so he uh, one for three obviously puts him at thirty three today. And uh, I think that he's going to be at thirty first or thirty second after this game. Yeah, no, it, it was just a dreck to watch that today. Um, going back to Anthony Lynn and like the play calling <laughs> well first some of the decisions that i want to talk about pregame why was justin jackson inactive for this game for yeah. kaylin balage and joshua kelly <laughs> like, and look i get that he's been injured it hasn't been a perfect year but he's the second best running back on this team and i i, I just didn't understand that position i i, I get that balage had a cool one yard touchdown i guess um but well especially because eckler was supposed to be on like a pitch count limited right right and so Justin Jackson is much more like Austin Eckler than either Kalen yeah. Blage or Justin or Joshua Kelly are. Yeah, Joshua Kelly got like <laughs> one run, I think, the whole game, but he, he did pick up a first down. Um, I, I don't know. Just that decision was weird to me from before the game even started. Uh, my main issue with Lynn in this game was just the inability to adapt, I guess. And the main way that I saw that in this game was Carr comes out of the game, obviously because of the groin injury, and Mariota comes in. And Mariota is a guy who can run. Um, and they, you know, the Chargers hold the whole year have not put a QB spy on anyone. No. And I'm like, look, I know you were expecting to play Carr this game, but you're playing Mariota and you gotta you, you gotta, gotta stick Kenneth, yeah. you gotta stick Kenneth Murray on him. You gotta stick someone on him. Like, I mean at by the fourth quarter, they were missing Hunter Renfro and Henry Ruggs. Uh, and really, they're the only two weapons the Raiders had at that point are Darren Waller and uh, Marcus Mariota's legs. <laughs> like those were their yeah. weapons at that point, and they couldn't stop them uh, consistently from from getting these you know big conversions and, and chunk plays. 
Um, so that was disappointing for me to see just like, hey, Mariota's in the game. You've got to adjust something here because he can run and Carr can't. Like, so I, I don't, I just don't understand why they didn't adapt there. Um, and yeah, the other thing I would say with Lynn is just like, you know, I know you were coming into this game being like, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to run it down their throat. But like when you see Justin Herbert just tearing this defense apart, when you see Trayvon Mullen, you know, being Trayvon Mullen, um, the, you just got to change the game plan. Like that's that's the most disappointing thing for, for me is just like you got to change it up to and put the ball in Herbert's hands and let right. him win you the game. And yeah. I mean, we saw it in the overtime possession that they got when they put it in Herbert's hands and he hits Guyton, you know, deep and he, you know, is making all these moves. That's when they won the game, you know, um, this really felt like a game they could have won by two touchdowns Easily. Uh, if they just let her. Yeah, really. I mean, like the, the fourth quarter coaching matchup was so dreadful. <laughs> it was <laughs> so, so bad on both sides, man. So bad. Like, it, it gave off the vibe of like, does either of you want to win this? Game? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, luckily for the Chargers, they'll be done with Lynn after the season. Uh, Green's John going Gruden's nowhere. Got, yeah, he's got he's 70 million more, uh, 70 million more dollars to make in the next seven years. So, yeah, uh, have fun with that one. Oakland, yeah. Oakland, Vegas, whatever hat John Gruden wears. That um, was funny, man. That was funny. <laughs> Like yeah. I noticed, I noticed that in the pregame that he had an Oakland hat on, and me and my wife both looked at each other and were like, um, "Is he trying to like honor them, or like what's going on here?" And then Aaron Andrews brought it back up that he had changed hats, and I was like, "That's just weird." Yeah, it's funny that he probably just he probably <laughs> forgot the team was in Vegas. Honestly, he probably uh, was just like rooting grinder. Like I don't really care what hat I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, just the coaching was really bad today. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll give credit to Gus Bradley a little bit because the Chargers were not able to stop the run all year, and they had a pretty good performance today against Josh Jacobs. Uh, I mean, in overtime, he did you know start to get some chunk yards, but really before that, they really limited him uh, and Devontae Booker. Joey Bosa was a monster uh, in the backfield when he was able to play. Uh, so I'll give credit to the defense. I, I think they did pretty well outside of the secondary. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, just, just the Stike and Lynn thing, not working, uh, when it, when it comes to the offense, because it just, I, I don't know, maybe it's like a split vision thing where Steichen wants to pass it and Lynn wants to run it. I, I, I don't know what it is at this point. Um, I, I can only really guess, uh, but the offense is just, it's such a bad, you know, coaching performance when like you just actively take the ball out of your best player's hands. Yeah. Right. It, it would be like, I don't know if the Lakers were playing and they were like, Hey, we're going to let Contavious uh, Kavon- uh, Caldwell Pope, uh, <laughs> I don't know, shoot it in overtime when we have LeBron James, you know, and, and stuff like that. Yeah. That's the, how this whole game felt like where they were just trying to like feed it to Balage, feed it to Eckler. And it's like, no, just let Herbert do this thing. I, I didn't understand the offensive coaching at all from that perspective. But, um, you know, I, I, I posted it on Twitter, but I was just like, you know, I, I was really happy for a lot of players in this game to, to get this win. But right. like this is the worst NFL coaching on like any team that I've rooted for since I saw Chip Kelly in Philadelphia. Like this is really bad um, in my opinion. And 
I, I got replies from Oregon people being like, hey, man, don't do chip. I'm like, I'm going to do chip. I'm from Philadelphia. Um, but but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Lynn is just rough at this point. And for any people that were holding out like, well, maybe if he does really good in the last three games, he'll come back. Nah. It ain't happening. <laughs> He's he gone. Happening, yeah. He yeah. Gone. So I asked Tony Pauline of the Pro Football Network. Now I know, you know, there's some people were like, well, how connected is he? It's like, well, he's far from the only one reporting that Anthony Lynn is pretty much gone at this point. And, right. you know, tonight, national TV, everybody's watching and everybody watched how terrible of a coach Anthony Lynn is. So, you know, at this yeah. point, it's hard to hide. Um, you know, the running game. Austin Eckler runs well, and and the thing right. with Austin is that he creates yards after contact. Joshua Kelly does not, and Kalen yeah. Blage does not. And I'm officially out on Kalen Blage. He had eight carries for 11 yards today. Like, cool, he got a touchdown, but you know he's not the same kind of guy. I don't know if he if he's just kind of like settling into who he is, or you know the first couple of games were just kind of fool's gold. But you know, over the past three games, he's averaging like 2.1 yards of carry. And the Chargers had 29 carries for 96 yards. And obviously, Justin Herbert's touchdown, Kalen Blodge's touchdown. But that's 3.3 yards a carry, man. And, you know, everybody's watching them just run and run and run on first down. And it's one yard, two yards, one yard, two yards, maybe three, maybe four. And it's just like the offense is just so inefficient on early downs. And the only reason they're able to, you know, move the ball is because Justin Herbert (laughs) <laughs> was so good tonight and the Raiders yeah. secondary was so bad so yeah. you know the, the Raiders secondary was getting cooked by Jalen Guyton and, and Tyron Johnson and KJ Hill man like I, I if I don't know how any coach or fan or anybody watches that game and watches what is unfolding and thinks to themselves you know what let's not throw the ball anymore and let's stop doing what's working like you don't have to know football. You don't have to be a football genius to realize what is working in this game. And you should have just kept doing it and go pedal to the metal. Like, I just don't understand the thought process of someone who is coaching a team who's lost so many one possession games going, you know what? Let's dial it back. Let's take the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands and let's run and hand the ball off to these running backs that are averaging 2.1 yards of carry. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me on any level. Yeah, I mean, like, it, the whole thing is just, like, if if you are coming into a game, and, you know, we talk about how well Herbert played tonight, but just from a game plan standpoint, you know Jonathan Abram's not going to be there. You know Damon Arnett's not going to be there. Right. Like, you know that they are on incredibly thin ice, and their best cornerback is Trayvon Mullen. Oh, man, <laughs> like, he had a rough, rough night. <laughs> yeah, rough, rough night. Um, and, you know, I mean, to some extent, he's the third-string quarterback. Like, you know... Uh, yeah. You just have to take advantage of that going into this game. Like even right. if Herbert was like not playing as well as he did, like, I just think that you have to attack it. It, it. You know, whenever the chargers have had cornerbacks out, you know, opposing uh, offenses have always tried to, you know, go at that weak spot. Like, right. I don't know. Like when Hayward was out in Buffalo uh, or I, I don't know, any other game a quarterback has been out. It's like the opposing offensive coordinator does their job. And is like, Hey, I'm going to attack this weakness. Um, but yeah. I, I just don't get why they just refuse to, you know, refuse to do it. Or it's like they had to be like, you know, forced fed it. Like the idea of, of letting Herbert throw on a totally shit secondary. Like it, it's just it's confusing to me. 
It was confusing to me. So, you know, talking about the defense, there were a lot of people that were uh, being what I felt like was unjustifiably critical of Michael Davis in particular tonight. Um, obviously, he did not have his best game. I'm not going to say that he played well. I'm not going to say that Rayshon Jenkins or Julia Lai played well because no. they did not. But I don't think people understand really how good Darren Waller is. Like he, you know, Tra- George Kittle is out. Travis Kelsey is far and away the best tight end in the league right now. But Darren Waller is a monster. And he played wide receiver at Georgia Tech. He's a crazy good athlete. And I saw somebody was like, oh, does Michael Davis get beat deep by a tight end? Well, because Darren Waller is a freaking good tight end. And, you know, he had nine catches, 150 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously not a good look. But they have no one on this roster that can stop him and guard him one-on-one. The only person on the Chargers defense that can do that is Derwin James. That's it. You know, they had Nick Vigil on him at some times. They had Kaiser Wyatt on him at some times, Michael Davis. No one can guard him. That's It's the same thing with Travis Kelsey. It's the same thing, you know, if they were going to play like Dallas Goddard or even Zach Ertz in his advanced age. They can't guard tight ends. It's just plain and simple. Like, Derwin James is the only one. So, it's not a good look. I get that. I'm acknowledging that. But I'm not mad about that part of the defense. Like Darren Waller is a beast and really it's just that simple in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, I think the other thing with this defense coming into this game is like, you know, you prepare all week to play Derek Carr, right? When Marcus Mariota comes into the game, you know, it's like, that's, that's a whirlwind for everybody. And I still think they should have done a better job on him and Waller. But it's like that's a it's it's a tough position to be in, you know, as tough as it was for the Raiders uh, to go to Mariota. It's like Mariota's a competent quarterback. I mean, the, yeah. the Raiders paid for him, uh, you know, best backup money in the league, right? Um, and you know, that's that's what I think. You know, he he is, and he showed that with his athleticism, uh, made the throws he needed to make, uh, and you know, I just think that's a tough thing for the secondary, um, but. I don't think that excuses, you know, some of their bad play with, you know, uh, Casey getting burned a couple times, Michael Davis, uh, Rayshon as well. Um, the Julio die experiment was kind of mixed, but it's not like I think Missy Adderley would have done any better yeah. um, <laughs> to, to really any extent. So it, it was a rough night for the secondary, but I mean, at the same time, you know, when you hold the Raiders to 24 point or what is it? 27 points. Yeah. You know, I think you do give yourself a chance to win. Uh, and Waller is a matchup nightmare. And I mean, like this, this is going to be the same problem as you mentioned that they're going to have with Travis Kelsey in the final week of the season. Um, you know, regardless of whether it's Mahomes quarterbacking or not, like they they just need that shutdown guy, and they they don't have someone who can shut down that top tier uh, tight end. Yeah, they don't. And you know, putting Michael Davis on him. Like I, I understand the thought process. He's your best corner, but you know, Michael Davis, what he does well is shut down speed guys. And that's, you know, they put him in a press man situation a few times on Darren Waller. That's just not his game. It really isn't. And so, you know, I was obviously, I wasn't like happy with the way that they covered him, but I'm not like mad about it either. So um, do you have any other negative thoughts before we move on to the positive takeaways from this game? Negative thoughts. Um, I mean, yeah, we talked about some of the play calling. Um, I don't know if I really have any other big negative thoughts that I, I think about. 
I mean, everyone else was pretty good. Uh, no, I mean, if the real, the really negative thoughts are the coaching staff and that's, mm. that, that's the biggest negative along with some of the secondary and some of that, but. And Michael Badgley. Oh, oh God. <laughs> um, At this point, man, let's high yeah, long I, kick. I don't even care. Dude, let Justin Herbert kick it. I, I don't <laughs> care anymore. Like let him, let him just walk up and, and kick the field goal. I mean. Hey, I saw a video of, of it, Herbert kicking a field goal in high school, and it was decent. So, <laughs> why not? Yeah, I also I also saw a video of Herbert doing a backflip while he kicked. So uh, maybe that's why <laughs> he should be the kicker. Um, oh man, I, I don't know. It, it's the Bansley thing is just so rough. I yeah no. I mean maybe they'll let him back next year in at least training camp and be like, hey, you have a chance to compete for your job or whatever. Yeah, but I just think it's so clear that it shouldn't be his job, right? There, there's no injury excuse from last year when he, you know, pulled his groin or whatever or his hamstring. Like, there's none of that this year. It's he's just whiffing because his form is bad, um, yeah. and I, I don't really know that it's fixable. Like his <laughs> his kicking form, you know, feels like a, a Ben Simmons jump shot. I, I don't. <laughs> it, it's so. It's just so wacky I, I i don't really know what happened to him because he was really precise in in 2018 maybe it was that injury that changed things but i, I honestly at this point leave michael badgley and anthony lynn in las vegas and <laughs> do not offer them transportation back home to california no make them walk home or something <laughs> um but yeah dude, michael badgley they've got to bring in a kicker next year to compete with him like there's I mean, he is a free agent technically, but, you know, at this point, I feel like that's just kind of done. So um, before we get to the positive takeaways, I do want to mention this. You know, we're talking about the rookie record watch for Justin Herbert. Um, He obviously tied the passing touchdown record tonight, so he just needs one more to break Baker Mayfield's record. Um, And then I he had 300 and how many yards? 340. Uh, 14 yards passing today. So that means that he uh, only needs 594 passing yards to beat Andrew Luck's record as well. So here's to hoping they don't do the same kind of game plan tonight and don't do the same kind of game plan that they had against the Falcons with 37 screens or whatever it was. So he's really close. Um, I think the completions record that Wentz set is probably a little bit out of reach now because he only had 22 completions tonight um, compared to like 37 last week. So we'll see. But I think obviously he'll get the touchdown record. um, And then the yards one is going to be really, really close from here on out. Yeah, the yards record will be interesting to watch. Uh, He's obviously going to shatter the touchdown record. and He has a chance to go really 30 plus. I mean, at this point. and, and, you know, that at that point, you know, he's rookie of the year. I mean, he already is rookie of the year, but uh, to, to really, I think, put it away. If you break the rookie touchdown record, it's like there's no way around it. Yeah. As, as great as Justin Jefferson has been, uh, as great as James Robinson has been, um, historically great seasons for rookie running backs and wide receivers. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, you, you, have, you would have to give it to Herbert. And you still, at this point, you have to. Um, yeah. So, so no, I mean. Go yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, yeah, I'm, I'm just really excited to see these last few weeks. Um, luckily for him, I think the Denver game is in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So I think that'll be a bit better uh, from a passing yard standpoint uh, than playing in mile high. 
uh, especially at this time of the year. I think that will be good for him. Yeah. I mean, he basically needs to average 298-ish yards per game, if my math is right, uh, for him to break that record. Um, I, I think that it's doable. I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't happen because maybe they get luckier in the running game tonight and Anthony Lynn decides to go that route again. But, but um, uh, yeah, no, he's going to shatter the touchdowns record, and I um, I couldn't be prouder of him. You know, uh, we, we say it all the time. We were incredibly skeptical of him coming out of yeah. the draft um and he's shitting all of our mounts uh, we <laughs> are incredibly wrong we apologize uh and i'm so happy for herbert um he he's been a legend yeah man i I've, it's just been so much fun to watch him from week to week and i know he, he had a little bit of a rough patch there uh in terms of statistics and you know miami new england and and buffalo um, but you know, he, he went toe to toe with those guys and he, and he fought and he fought and it's just been so much fun to watch him play. And, you know, I love Philip Rivers. He, he'll, he's always going to be one of my favorite chargers, but just the way that Justin Herbert has developed to this point, uh, is truly amazing to watch. And he said to, to Brett Favre that, you know, the games is still seeming kind of fast for him. And that's something that, you know, Patrick Mahomes kind of talked about too, after his first season or after his second season. Uh, you know, he was saying that his first season was just, you know, him just making plays. And then the second year is when you really start to, you know, feel the game slow down. So I can't wait to see what, what this does. And, you know, tonight, obviously Keenan Allen was limited. Um, unfortunate for anyone who played him in fantasy football, but you know, tonight yeah. we got to see Justin Herbert really spread the ball around and these young receivers. I know Jalen Guyton had a couple drops, but uh, Guyton had four catches, 91 yards. Uh, Hunter Henry had five catches for 65 yards in the touchdown. Tyron Johnson had third, had three catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. KJ Hill had three catches for 39 yards. Mike Williams had two for 22. Austin Eckler had four for 19. And then Keenan Allen had one catch for 17 yards. So big ouch if you started Keenan Allen in fantasy. But it was a lot of fun seeing Justin Herbert you know, just deal to all these young receivers and get everybody in the game. You know, every single receiver that played caught a pass, which was, you know, really fun to watch. You know, I mean, I, I was thinking coming into this game when they gave Keenan Allen the limited status, I'm like, oh, that's a bunch of bluster, you know, and he'll play. But no, he, he really was limited. Um, yeah. And it was really good to see, uh, obviously not good from an injury standpoint for Keenan, but it was good to see a performance in which Herbert wasn't locked in on Keenan and throwing it to him, you know, 15 yeah. times or whatever. Right. It was great to see him um, spread it around. Uh, and, you know, I, obviously when Keenan is healthy again and, and comes back, uh, you know, I expect it to revert back a little. Um, but it's a great game in terms of, I think, building trust with your receivers, building trust Absolutely. with you know, KJ Hill, um, Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson uh, and, and those guys. Um, I'm still sad Joe Reed was inactive again, uh, which I have my problems with. But, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just think it was a great game from a chemistry standpoint, getting every receiver involved. Um, I, I think that this was a much better game plan. And I think to some extent, Keenan being out in this game made them focus less on like specific amounts of touches for everybody. Um, yeah. And I, I think that that really worked out. Uh, they weren't like, trying to get Eckler 24 and get Keenan 10 and get, you know, Henry five or whatever. Like it was just, you know, whoever's open gets the ball. And uh, I think 
that that's really the best approach uh, going here on out. But, you know, Herbert does tend to uh, lock onto his receivers. And I don't think that's an inherently bad thing, but I would like to see him do it uh, a little bit more like he did it tonight where he has that trust with, you know, whether it's the second or third string guys uh, behind Keenan uh, and as well as, you know, some of the, you know, just other players on the roster in general. Yeah, I thought it was, you know, this was kind of a glimpse to the future in terms of what Justin Herbert, you know, could be with, you know, a full off season and, and reps with these guys all throughout OTAs and training camp and things like that. So I just thought it was a lot of fun to see him spread the ball around. And, you know, I had a bunch of people like respond to me and be like, so Jamar Chase in round one, huh? And it's like, okay. Well, okay. Like- <laughs> let, let me, okay. First of all, I take the blame. For no, it's fine. Yeah, you're fine, man. Like Jamar Chase is an incredible player, and yeah, like if they, the Jamar Chase for me mostly is interesting because Mike Williams has a terrible, terrible contract next year. Like unless they yeah. come to an extension, uh, Daniel Popper broke this down in his mailbag. Uh, but Mike Williams, if he plays next year on the fifth year option, is like the ninth highest paid receiver in the league making more than DeAndre Hopkins and Stefan Diggs. And so really that, that contract is like where my interest in taking a receiver early comes from, because, you know, maybe you could trade Mike Williams. I don't know. Obviously I'm not going to like flat out advocate for those things. Like we said last time, but for me, like that's where the intrigue and taking a receiver comes from is just that, you know, Mike Williams, his contract next year is disgusting. I mean, um, I, I think that the receiver performances in this game um, could could move someone to be like, all right, maybe we don't need a receiver in the first. We could get one in the third or fourth round, right? Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a reasonable takeaway from this game. Um, you know, when I did the mock draft for Chase, it was just more, what do I think is going to happen at five um, more than what I think will happen. Um, but now it doesn't matter much anyway because the Chargers have like the ninth pick <laughs> currently because of yeah. this win. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're probably not going to be in Jamar Chase position. We'll see what happens with the rest of these games this week. Um, but I, I mean, I, I still do think they should take a receiver relatively early. Um, it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be in the first round, but you know, it, it was really cool for Tyron Johnson and Guyton and all of these guys to have these performances this game. But if we're going into next year, assuming, you know, that this is replicable over, you know, a 16 game season. Uh, that's where I'm going to disagree <laughs> just yes. kind of yeah. from an analytical standpoint and be like, yeah, I think we need another guy. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with adding one early and listen, like Jalen guy in, you know, he could have had a huge day. He had two drops and each of the drops were like of, of catches of like 12, 15 yards. So um, he could have had a huge day and Tyron Johnson, I've been so impressed with the way that he is running these yeah. routes and, and he's becoming such a well-rounded receiver and it's just been really fun to watch. But at the same time, like the Raiders secondary is really awful and they were missing <laughs> yeah. Damon Arnett, who's their best right. corner. So, you know, we saw what happened last week when <laughs> Keenan Allen and Mike Williams were so limited, how hard it was for these receivers to get open and even against the Patriots too. So, yeah. So listen, like they played fantastic and, and big ups to them, big credit to them for for stepping up in a big way. But at the same time, like, you know, they were undrafted for a reason and, and they were cut from their previous teams for a reason. So uh, obviously, you know, I'm thrilled with the way that they played tonight. I'm not trying to take away from them. I'm really not. But like the Raiders secondary was 
truly awful tonight. Ooh, undrafted for a reason. Where have I heard for a reason before? Huh. Oh, don't don't put that on me, Alex. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I totally, I totally agree. Um, that to some extent they were. So, uh, I I think that this game, you know, I hope to see some of these uh, guys like Johnson, um, yeah. like Guyton, perform against Denver and Kansas City in the upcoming weeks. Uh, if they can do that, then I think, you know, you have some more room for development, uh, obviously, in 2021. Um, you know, but I'm still not off of taking receiver, second, Absolutely, third, fourth yeah. round. You know, uh, I'm just not there yet with this receiving core. Maybe at some point I, I get there, but um, it, it's going to be a little ways uh, till then. But no, I mean, it, it was a great, gritty effort uh, from this receiver group. Uh, obviously, having Justin Herbert helps a lot, but. Yeah. Uh, for KJ Hill to, you know, have his best game of the year for Johnson to have his best game for Guyton to have his best game uh, and step up when Keenan and Mike Williams just really weren't healthy. Um, that's just an awesome effort. It really is. And, you know, Tyron Johnson, I wrote about him in the summer for Bolpe. You know, he was a five-star recruit at LSU. So there's a lot of untapped potential there. Obviously he transferred to Oklahoma state um because he you know he was just behind guys like justin jefferson and jamar chase so yeah. um you know there's a lot of untapped potential there i'm i'm really excited to see what they uh have there in tyron johnson and Jalen guyton's a really good deep threat so they're very good complimentary pieces and obviously kj hill really this was the first time that he had saw extended snaps since like jacksonville or maybe that was carolina yeah, i think um, so i think jacksonville so, you know, it was good to see him out there and it was it was good to see, you know, Gabe Neighbors had a target, Donald Parham had a target. So um obviously, you know, Hunter Henry had a great game today as well. Yeah, no, I mean from from the from an offensive standpoint, it's just when they were passing and not trying to force runs, it looked really clean. Uh, and that's the most you can ask for from a rookie quarterback throwing to undrafted guys. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it speaks to Justin Herbert. It speaks to uh, these receivers coming along. Um, yeah. And I'm just really excited to see that um, in terms of other positives and also concerns going forward. Uh, Bosa was really great in this game, uh, just blowing up guys in the backfield. Um, but I am concerned about the concussion protocol uh, news yeah. towards the end of that game. Yeah. And, um, you know, this is his second concussion of the year. You know, if, if he, you know, is confirmed to have a concussion, um, that's, that's something that concerns me going forward, not just this year, but in, in the long term. Yeah, they could be in for a, a rough game next week because Bosa left. And, and, you know, we saw last time how long his concussion protocol, you know, kept him out. And yeah. Uchenna Unwosu left early to injury, too. So, you know, Jerry Tillery and Isaac Rochelle and MK Egbele and Jesse Lemonier are are probably starting uh, uh you know, they're probably the four main pass rushers for at least the Denver game. So uh I don't know what they're gonna do in terms of a pass rush. I I, I cannot stand to watch Drew Locke light the secondary up again. <laughs> I, I, I can't do yeah. it. So, you know, they've they've got to figure out a way to manufacture some pressure. Um, I thought the Walter Payton man of the year candidate, Isaac Rochelle played really well yeah. tonight. Uh, you know, yeah, he did. you mentioned, you know, holding, uh, Josh Jacobs down for the most part, obviously overtime, like you mentioned, uh, wasn't pretty, but he only averaged like 2.9 yards a carry. 
And I thought Isaac Rochelle was a huge part of that. And obviously he had the game saving, you know, batted pass at the end to give the chargers their last chance. So a uh, big shout out to Isaac Rochelle tonight. Yeah, no, I mean, Rochelle was awesome. Uh, going back to that last Raiders game, it was Melvin Ingram, you know, with a bad knee injury and Jerry Tillery who cannot set the edge to save his life. Yeah. Um, and it was those two. And I was just coming into this game and people were like, oh, they're going to get gashed by the Raiders. I'm like, they might, but I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as last time just because I trust yeah. uh, and Wosu and Rochelle on the left or on the right and uh, Joey Bosa from the left side. So I, I just really trusted that going into this game a lot more than the previous Raiders one. Um, so. I, I was feeling pretty good coming into this one and they, they played really well. Um, Isaac Rochelle definitely making kind of a name for himself in addition to his Walter Payton man of the year accolades. Yeah. Um, so that was really great to see from him. Uh, in terms of some other defensive guys, uh, Justin Jones uh, was pretty great. Uh, he had had one really big tackle in the backfield. That was yeah, awesome. It was. Um, the, the run defense as a whole, was just they stepped up pretty big i mean i was really concerned in this game like there's no denzel perriman right like yeah this felt like you know they're gonna gash him and you know the second level held relatively strong so did the first level um and i, I was just really impressed by that uh when it comes to the running game even though the, the passing game was a little rough so uh no i mean yeah there's there's a lot of positives in this one to like from the gritty effort of the players to go out and get this win and and not let Michael Badgley and Anthony Lynn determine the results. Um, so there was right. a really gritty effort in that sense. Um, so, you yeah, know, uh, really all of them uh, did a pretty great job, uh, except those two. <laughs> <laughs> except those two. Uh, yeah, yeah except so we, those uh, two. except those two. That's right. So we, uh, the last time after the Raiders game, you know, we, and specifically me, you know, I went on quite a rant about this run defense. And uh, last time they played the Raiders, they didn't have a single tackle for loss. They didn't have one. Yeah. And uh, tonight they had six. So it, it, it was just a better performance against the run overall. Right. You know, I'm going to cut them a little slack against Marcus Mariota because really like you, yeah. you're on a short week preparing for Derek Carr and then Mariota comes in. As soon as Mariota came in, I figured he would have some success against the run i'm not going to say i, I right. imagine him having nine carries for 88 yards and a touchdown um <laughs> but i figured he would have around 45 50 yards rushing and make some plays with his legs and so you know they just changed their whole offense as soon as mark as soon as mariota came in it was a lot of zone reads it was a lot of rpos and that's what mariota does well and right. you know, that was kind of the problem in tennessee is that they were trying to turn him into a pocket passer and not really use his legs as much because he was hurt and like that's understandable, but you know, I thought Gruden for the most part called a, a game plan that was to Mariota's advantage and to his skill set. And you know, the Chargers just without Bosa and Ingram and Wosu, it was it was predictable that Mariota was going to have some success with his legs. But um, you know, they did a fantastic job against Josh Jacobs. They didn't get gashed by Devontae Booker, so uh, I kind of give that a wash in terms of run defense. Yeah, I mean, I give it a watch. To me, it was more on the coaching staff, I guess, than the players in regards to Mariota because I just think you needed to uh, adjust and really be like, hey, Kenneth, just stay there and, and grab him. Like, that, that's what I really think you needed to do or just tell uh, one of the guys to just QB spy him. Um, yeah. I, I, that's a tough adjustment to make in-game, but, like, when, when you're getting cashed the way they did, 
Uh, and the fact that Mariota is more mobile than Carr, I just feel like that that's what you had to do. So that was yeah. from that standpoint, I think it was more of a coaching issue than a, uh, than a player issue. Hundred percent, and I I, I want to say I did see Unwosu spy him a couple times, um, but that's just not the same thing as having you know Murray right. do it or even Nick Vigil do it. So um, that was just kind of predictable. So my last positive takeaway is that the Raiders playoff hopes are done, and Philip Rivers and Justin <laughs> Herbert are the ones to have done it. So fuck oh. the Raiders, and their playoff hopes are done. And I am so, so happy about that. I've always hated the Raiders and I've always hate the Raiders. And I could not be happier that Philip Rivers and Justin Herbert, you know, took a giant, you know, whatever expression you want to use and just destroyed their playoff hopes. And I'm just so happy about that. Record update. Jack Del Rio, 25 and 23 with the Raiders. John Gruden, 18 and 28. Put another L right in that column because <laughs> this dude is so overrated he is getting paid 100 million dollars to not out coach anthony lynn oh that man <laughs> john gruden is getting paid tens of millions of dollars in mark davis you know high interest loan money to not be able to out <laughs> it's it's really bad man like uh, look and a rare self burn from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just don't, I, I don't understand. Like you, you know, you wanted to rebuild this team in your image. You wanted to reach trade Khalil Mack, who would have helped tonight. Um, yeah. You wanted to do all of these things, and it's like the defense is worse than when he got there. Um, the offense is is better, I, I guess, but. You know, not to offset just how terrible that defense is. Um, and you know, if they don't find Darren Waller off the streets, like this offense yeah. is terrible. Like this, this yeah, offense no. is literally goes as Darren Waller goes. Right. I mean, it, it, Darren Waller, and you know, being lucky that you know Nelson Aguilar dropped everything, and that Philadelphia didn't resign him. Yeah, um, <laughs> those are the really the two things propping up like their offense, um, Josh Jacobs. So I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it's well past time to really kick up the Gruden slander because, and they, they can't fire him. That's the thing because no. they owe him so much money. So much money, yeah. Like that, that, that contract was just so bad when they signed it that I'm like, well, you know, a 10 year, $100 million deal. The only coach I would ever think about giving that to is Bill Belichick. Like that, that's, yeah. that's the list of coaches and they gave it to, to Gruden. I was like, Man, um, but yeah, no, fuck the Raiders. I, <laughs> I they're they're dislikable team. Uh, Jonathan Abrams head head hunting ass wasn't in this one, but so, um, hate him so much. Yeah, uh, cars, you know, receding hairline, you know, Sid from <laughs> Toy Story ass face. Um, just it, it, he's this whole team is really dislikable, uh, and I wish them nothing but the worst. And I hope they overdraft another wide receiver again. Which they probably will, man. You know, this is two years <laughs> in a row. Like Jeff Schwartz always calls them the October Super Bowl champs. And it's true. Like they went oh, six dude. and three last year and they were six yeah. and four this year. And yeah. now they're seven and seven. They're one and four in their last five games. Like yeah. the Chargers are three and two in their last five games. Like what, a, you know, this is just, if you can't out coach Anthony Lynn, man, you're, you're struggling. 
Uh, dude, wait till Kadarius Tony runs a four three eight and John Gruden takes him in the first round. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but um, yeah, no, the the Raiders as an organization uh, are a mess, and I hate them. They're incredibly dislikable, and, and uh, just take your playoff elimination and take a long, hard thought on the toilet because you've been eliminated <laughs> by Lamar Jackson on the pooper, Justin Herbert uh, <laughs> screaming on the goal line. And Philip Rivers, really everyone. And really, you should have been eliminated by the Jets because yes. that's how piss poor yes. your organization is. If it isn't for Greg Williams' dumbass, you would be uh, six and whatever, six and eight, you frauds. Yeah. So uh, looking at the, the box score right now, uh, Max Crosby, zero tackles, zero sacks, their best pass rusher. Well, I told you that Sidney Crosby would do a better job. Than <laughs> and he, he, at the end of the day, uh, Sidney Crosby had zero sacks and Max Crosby had zero sacks. So yep. it, it really ended up being a pretty even game. There we go. It's just, you know, that defense is, is atrocious, man. And, you know, this is what happens when you take Cleveland Farrell in, at number four overall instead of just keeping Khalil Mack like a normal person would. So Yeah, this, I mean... He, yeah, the funny thing is that they uh, traded Khalil Mack because they were like, oh, we don't have the money, and then they didn't pay anybody um, yeah. <laughs> to, to, to fix the defense. Uh, and I don't I don't know. That yeah. that whole team is a mess. But uh, no, I mean, uh, good on the Chargers for winning this one. It was Absolutely. it felt great to finally get a divisional win for the first time since, what, the, the Kansas City game? Was the Kansas City game the last divisional win? Yeah, um, it was. That was weeks. <laughs> that was two years ago. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's 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 been long, long time coming. Uh, so great win. Um, and uh, you know, Anthony Lynn and all those guys still got to go, but we'll we'll celebrate in this weird interim period <laughs> that we have with them. Yeah, you know, obviously, I'm really happy that they were able to pull this out. And, and you know, we talked about Justin Herbert and just how happy he was after he crossed the goal line and. You know, that's just kind of the stuff that, you know, we are living for right now as Chargers fans just because it's just so much fun to watch him play and, and watch all these young guys step up. Uh, but they can lose these last two games. Like, I, I'm, yeah. they got their win against the Raiders, their one divisional win. And, and without Joey Bosa, they probably will lose next week. So, um, and I'm cool with it at this point, <laughs> which uh, if they win, cool. Yeah. If not, you know, Justin Herbert's going to get the records and, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, um, and we have another 10 days now to, to rest up before this team yeah. gives us angina again. Oh, it's going to be so nice to be able to just like relax on Sunday and not, <laughs> not have to worry about anything. And uh, more than anything, yeah. in terms of yeah, this I guess. team, like they, you know, this is like a little mini buy for them. And, you know, Keenan Allen needs it and Mike Williams needs it. Um, you know, we'll, I, I don't think Joey Bus is going to play. I don't think Guccino Nwosu is going to play. Um, we'll see, but, uh, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I think should be able to be good by next Sunday. Yeah, no, I mean, I hope everyone rests up, uh, after this W and, uh, yeah, no, I just, I just want to see Herbert break all these records. I want to see, uh, everyone continue to succeed offensively and everyone, uh, continue to succeed defensively, you know, uh, in spite of the coaching. So, that's uh, that's really what I want to see in these last couple of games. If it's two wins, great. If it's two losses, great for draft position. So it's, <laughs> a, it's, a, it's a win-win either way. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll we'll be all over the the draft seating and, and you know how the order shakes out over the next couple of weeks. 
Um, and we had a really, really fun interview yesterday that we did with a member of the draft network, uh, where we were able to talk about him just with some draft strategies and things like that. Um, that's going to be coming out in place of our usual Monday episode, which is usually our game recap, um, obviously because of Thursday night football. So that's going to be a fun episode. Alex, what are you working on in terms of writing over the next couple of weeks? Uh, I've been, yeah, I mean, my mock draft just came out uh, and, uh, you yeah, know, I'll be doing talking about trading down in the draft, whether that's good or not. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> mainly focusing on the draft offseason coaches. Um, I'm sure there will yeah. be more rumors that come out as uh, Brian Dable has joined uh, Josh McDaniels as uh, close friends of Tom Telesco <laughs> <laughs> who, who want to replace him. So I'm sure we'll get a lot of uh, juicy nuggets to to write about in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so that's going to be a, a fun thing to watch down the road. Um, someone asked me a couple of days ago to look into maybe some defensive coordinator hiring, so I'm going to be doing that uh, as well this weekend. That's going to be like my main project. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for the stuff that we're writing, and you know we're going to keep getting good, high quality content out to you guys. Um, I'm probably going to do a film breakdown on Justin Herbert's game this weekend as well for our Patreon page. Um, as always, you are always welcome to support us on the Patreon page. A dollar, even you know, if it's only a dollar a month, that helps us out so much uh, to get you guys out the, this quality content. And uh, we do really appreciate that. Obviously, you know, we t- you know times are tough right now, and, and especially with the holidays. So um, definitely, no worries if you're not able to. But if you are, you know, there is a lot of good stuff that we're putting out on the Patreon page as well. Uh, John Gruden, I know you have a lot of money. Uh, and you should <laughs> donate it to our Patreon uh, yeah. at guilt, uh, patreon.com slash guilty is charged. Uh, you can send in at least 10 of your $10 million that you're making this year because you are a fraud hack who should have never gotten a job again. <laughs> I agree, man. You know, that, yeah. Anyway, so that'll do it for us today, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in and uh, stay tuned for that, that next episode. See you. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.